الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر الله أكبر أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أشهد أن محمد رسول الله أشهد أن محمد رسول ونشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له ونشهد أن سيدنا ونبينا ومولانا محمدا عبده ورسوله أما بعد فأعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله اتقوا الله ولتنظر نفس ما قدمت لغد واتقوا الله إن الله خبير بما تعملون وقال الله جل وعلا ما عندكم ينفد وما عند الله باق ولنجزين الذين صبروا أجرهم بأحسن ما كانوا يعملون Sadaqallah al-Azim My dear respected elders, ulama, beloved brothers in Islam Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh All praises are due to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has once again given us the opportunity To come into his house To see another Friday And to fulfill this great injunction of Jumu'ah Sometimes, you know, before I say something, I think that was this mentioned previously. Even if it was mentioned previously, 
The concept of repetition is something which exists in our deen. In Arabic they say, إِذَا تَكَرَّرْ تَقَرَّرْ When a person continuously repeats something, then that now it becomes firm and established in his heart. So the adhan, it's the same adhan every day. Salah, hayya ala salah, hayya ala al-falah. It's the same thing over and over again. Quran Kareem, sometimes a person is reading, he's reading, Lillahi Maafi Samawat. Now a person is thinking, hey, like you know, I just passed this sometime back. But Allah is speaking to us. Allah is speaking to us in His Kalam. So Allah says, The Quran is the Risala. It is the message. In contemporary Arabic, the word for a message or a letter is a Risala. Now brothers, there are certain things which are universally accepted. Any person when he receives something personal, then a person is anxious. So if a person sees over there, two, so and so, fulan ibn fulan. So now it's a personal message, something personal. Now a person is receiving a message from someone, and the person is now anxious to know the contents of that. So Allah is saying that his kalam also is a risala. It is a message to you. It's a personal message to you. It's something oft repeated, but Allah is giving us a personal message. So I want to focus today on two verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, right at the beginning of Surah Ali Imran, Allah ta'ala speaks about two concepts. One is dunya and one is akhirah. And if you just look at how Allah ta'ala phrases it, Allah ta'ala states that here is dunya, Here's the fact. And then he says, Allow me to inform you about something which is far better than your dunya. So in this verse, in the first verse, Allah Ta'ala states, We have beautified for man the love of passions. Shahawat. In so far as a few things are concerned. So the first word of focus, my brothers, is for something to be beautified. This actually means, my brothers, something which has a front or a facade. But in actual fact, it's something other than that. So you look at something, it's very, very beautiful. But as you get closer, you get into it, you realize that it's not, it's not actually what it appears to be. You know, like when we were in school, there was a saying that beauty lies in the eye of the beholder. So some of us, maybe the old generation, is still nodding their heads. But that has now changed. So now it is beauty lies in the eye of the beholder. And hold your breath on this one, also the makeup artist. So, sometimes my brothers, a person goes, sees a girl, and then after that, he says, hey. So, that which has some kind of appearance, but in actual fact, it's something other than that. So, dunya, beautiful. It's something which is eye-catching. It'll enamor the onlooker. But my but brothers, the reality the of it is something else. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, It is sweet, it is so lush, it is so attractive. 
If we may say that you are just the, the statistics of the time, and maybe 50 or 70 years or 80 years, your grandson or your great-grandson will be just saying yeah, that that was my grandfather's or my great-grandfather's name. So the ayat of the Qur'an, Allah said, Ittaqullah, Ittaqullah, Fiya Allah, Fiya Allah. وَلْتَنْظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدِّ Oh man, let you ponder over what you have procured for tomorrow. And then Allah Ta'ala repeats, وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ Again, on both ends of this command. Fear Allah, fear Allah. Ponder, what have you procured? What have you sent forth for tomorrow? مَا عِنْدَكُمْ يَنْفَدْ What you have with you will perish. وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ بَاقِ Tomorrow. For the real tomorrow, that will be everlasting. That shall remain forever and ever and ever. On one occasion, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he asked the sahaba ikiram, أَيُّكُمْ مَالُ وَارِثِهِ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ مَالِ Is there any person that would love the wealth of his heirs more than his own wealth? So sahaba replied that, Ya Rasulullah, it's obvious. No person would love the wealth of his heirs more than his own wealth. مَا مِنَّا أَحَدٌ إِلَّا مَالُهُ أَحَبُّ إِلَيْهِ Then he told them that remember, فَإِنَّ مَالَهُ مَا قَدَّمْ Your wealth is only that which you have already sent forth. So that which you haven't already worn and worn down, or that which you haven't already consumed, is still not yet yours. It can be in various forms, but it's not as yet yours. So he said, فَإِنَّ مَالَهُ مَا قَدَّمْ His wealth is that which he has already sent forth for his akhirah. And wamala warithihi ma akhar. That which is still in the bank, or at home, or in various forms, that is the wealth of your heir. So ittaqullah wal tanzur nafsun ma qaddamat li ghad. وَاتَّقُوا اللَّهِ Again. So, زُيِّنَ لِلنَّاسِ كُبُّ الشَّهَوَاتِ The love of passion. The love to want to fulfill one's desires. Now, on one hand, my brothers, we have what Allah Ta'ala has ordained as permissible. And then you have the prohibited things. Now, that which is permissible by all means, In fact, Sufyan Thawri rahimahullah, when he saw in his time, he passed away in the year 161. So he saw that the people, you know, they are forsaking many permissible things. So he said that this is not the meaning of zuhd and abstention from the world. Don't declare that which Allah has made permissible as forbidden upon yourself. That is not abstention. But you know what is actually abstention? That don't live in this world as though you're going to be living forever. So on one occasion, Rasulullah sallallahu He drew a rectangle. He had a stick in his hand and on the ground, he drew a rectangle. Some of us may have seen this diagram before.
before. And then right through the center, parallel to both ends, he drew another line coming out of the, out of the box. And across this, there were many, many vertical lines. So he said that, oh my Sahaba, remember that this is your life. And this is your lifespan, the line that is running through the box. The aspirations of man, it stretches far beyond his lifespan. So a person, Allah has ordained for a person to live for maybe 50 or 70 or 80 or 100 years. But people, brothers, we live as though we're going to be living for 500 years. And sometimes, brothers, it's ironical that a person, he's got so much of wealth, he's got for many generations to survive. Five or seven generations, enough wealth. But this person is still working so hard to the point that his wife and children complain that you know what, he's neglecting us. And he says, no, but I have to work hard. Work hard for what and for who? Sometimes people are working so hard, brothers, there's no time for them to even spend and enjoy their own wealth. So Sufyan Thori said that zuhd and abstention from the dunya is not that you forsake the permissible things. A person stops eating that which Allah Ta'ala has made permissible, the good things, the enjoyable things. That is permissible by all means. So he said don't have too, too lengthy aspirations as though you're going to be here forever. So anyway, coming back to that ayat, shahawat. Now my brothers, there are things that Allah Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala has has imposed upon us for our own benefit. And in the fulfillment of that, brothers, a certain degree of mujahada and sacrifice is required. Whether we speak about any of the salah in general, or whether we speak particularly about fajr salah. Now if a person had a sleepless night, for whatever reason, a person is tired, his child was sick, his head was paining. The command of Allah is still there that before the sun comes up, you have to break your sleep. That's why in the narration of Bukhari, the Prophet Jannah, I have veiled it with these sacrifices. So in the month of Ramadan, I ask you to fast. Then if I gave you wealth, I'm asking you to take out two and a half percent plus. If you possess the means for you to reach the house of Allah, to sacrifice your life for the cause of Allah, and this applies for any injunction. A certain, a certain degree, a certain amount of sacrifice. So if a person, my brothers, he will subdue and suppress that which is within himself, this will now be considered as a mujahada. So in the Quran, Allah Ta'ala says, shahawat minan nisa. Number one on the list, number one on the list in so far as women are concerned. So Allah's system, nikah. The other system, the way of Satan, the way of promiscuity, the way of immorality. Allah's system versus the system of Satan. Wal Banim, a person's children, his offspring. Now is a person, brothers, when it comes to his children, is a person now going to compromise what Allah says? Wal Banim, Wal Qanatiril Muqantara. Then Allah says, heaps of gold and silver. من الذهب والفضة then والخيل المسومة back in the days used to be horses so pedigreed horses not just any kind of horse so amongst the Arabs they even let alone their own lineage they knew the lineage of the animals as well so nowadays also you can buy an animal which is graded as a pedigreed animal with a certificate so والخيل المسومة والأنعام a person's livestock and والحرف the farm 
the asset in whatever form be it. So Allah said, ذَلِكَ مَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا These are all the commodities of God. Use them. They are there for the benefit of man. Whether it be a vehicle, whether it be wealth. If these things are, uh, you know, if a person has to earn them in a permissible way, then you may enjoy them. مَنْ حَرَّمَ زِينَةَ اللَّهِ الَّتِي أَخْرَجَ لِعِبَادِهِ وَالطَّيِّبَاتِ مِنَ <laughs> no one has forbade for you the permissible things Allah Ta'ala says in Surah Al-A'raf Allah has not forbade it from you but now when a person comes to the crossroads between that and Allah Ta'ala's command Allah Ta'ala's pleasure what does a person do am I going to drop the command of Allah and give preference to this or am I going to give preference to the command of Allah over this this is mata. Mata is something for a person to use. It's a commodity for a person to enjoy. And then Allah Ta'ala states, That remember that the best of returns is with Allah. Now brothers, as I said, ponder over how Allah Ta'ala has, has, has phrased this word. Should I inform you about something which is far superior to the above list? Fear Allah. Fear Allah in every situation, every condition. Allah Ta'ala states, We'll bless you with three things in the Akhirah. We will bless you with gardens and orchards. Jannatun tajri min tahtihal anhar. Beneath which stream shall be flowing. Wa azwajun mutahara. The pure wide-eyed damsels of Jannah. The pure wide-eyed damsels, the maidens of Jannah. Time is up. So we'll have to elaborate on that on another occasion. Wa ridwanun min Allah. And the pleasure of Allah. The ultimate pleasure of Allah. Imagine, brothers, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will converse with the Jannatis. That, O Jannatis, is there anything more that you require? So they will reply that, O Allah, you bestowed every favor upon us. You have bestowed the gardens of Jannah. And every bounty, big and small. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that, should I tell you about one additional last thing? What we can call the cherry on the top. So Allah will say, أُحِلُّ عَلَيْكُمْ رِضْوَانِي فَلَا أَسْخَطُ عَلَيْكُمْ بَعْدَهُ أَبَدًا That as of now, I declare my pleasure with you and I will never be displeased with you again. الَّذِينَ اتَّقَوْا عِنَّ رَبِّهِمْ جَنَّاتٌ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارُ خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا وَأَزْوَاجٌ مُطَهَّرَةٌ وَرِضْوَانٌ مِنَ اللَّهِ وَاللَّهُ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ So it's these two, it's these two efforts, it's these two parts, it's the cause of dunya and the cause of akhirah. The poet said that look, you have to make put too much of weight on this end, then you're going to be losing this side. And if you put too much of weight on this end, you're going to be losing on this side. So Rasulullah Wasallam said, Man ahabba dunyahu adarra bi akhirati. If you love the dunya. So the problem is not the dunya, it is the love of dunya. Otherwise, this is the tilt of akhirah. This is the place where a person will earn the akhirah. So if you love dunya, then you'll harm your akhirah. And if you love akhirah, then you should be able to see some amount of loss to your dunya. But that is just apparent loss. Because 
No command of Allah, no command of Allah has ever been revealed for the detriment of man. Never. Everything is for our own prosperity. So these are two efforts. The race of, call it the race of dunya and the race of akhir. So dunya and its pursuit is there. But put it on the back burner. The real effort, my brothers, is the effort of akhirat. We end off with this. That when we make dua, brothers, always make dua. Oh Allah, grant me the love of Akhirah. Ya Allah, grant me the concern of Akhirah. And oh Allah, grant me the preparation of Akhirah and make me from the people of Akhirah. Wa akhiru da'wana alhamdulillahi rabbil alamin.